Hello, Duck fans! Welcome to a Friday edition of the show. We got a special treat for you to open following the intro, but first I want to tell you about what Locked On NFL is doing. See, the Locked On Podcast Network has gotten all the college shows and all of the pro shows together to do a mock draft, and you can tune in to Locked On NFL. That's the main NFL channel. Please tune in. Lots of good content, and for the next week, we're going to be doing, they're going to be doing a mock draft for all the teams in NFL. And yours truly is going to be doing a vignette. In fact, a lot of the prospects have been asked to do a two-minute vignette. But uh, in honor of Bill Walton, I accidentally went for three minutes. So sorry about that, Pod Vader, but it is what it is. I hope you like it. Please tune in for that. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Peyton Pritchard. We're going to be talking about who's going to replace Troy Dye, uh, one of the all-time great linebackers. And we're going to be talking about more Justin Herbert draft stock, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and reach down here and turn the dial. You have too much to give to stay silent. That's what he said. That's what he believed. That's what he lived. The American in front. Almost a cult in the United States. He's a sort of athletic beetle. Now wait a minute. It's official. Oregon is going to be in the BCS championship game. Welcome to Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Jordan Long, and you can always find me on Twitter at the Dustoff Guy, and you can always follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Ducks. Now, I teased out in the cold open that I got a special treat for you. I want to start talking about some uh, local Eugene beers, breweries, and kind of find a way for all of us to enjoy the show. Today, I have a Ninkasi Galaxy Trippin' Stellar IPA. Now, for those of you who aren't uh, Eugene locals or not in the know, Ninkasi was the goddess of beer in Sumerian mythology. Her father was the king of Uruk and her mother was high priestess of Inanna. Now, the Stellar IPA is, as they describe, an homage to doing and seeing things differently, which to me sure sounds like the Emerald City and our Oregon Ducks. It's supposed to have flavors of peach, passion fruit, and papaya, and boasts a 7% ABV as well as 45 IBUs. Let's have a taste. It certainly is a fruity IPA, and I really appreciate that. It doesn't taste quite like armpits like some of the other hops-dominated ones, but to be honest, you didn't come here to talk beer or listen to me drink it, but I thought we'd start having a little fun here on Locked on Ducks. So you can always uh, reach out to the show with comments and questions on Twitter using the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtag AskLodPod. And if Twitter's not your jam, just follow the show on Facebook. We do have a Facebook page, Locked on Ducks. You can't miss it. It's got the Locked on Ducks logo. Oh, and for those of you first-time listeners, we needn't be confused with the Anaheim Ducks. If you are if you fail to click subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify, which you should be doing, but if you fail to do that and you want to listen to the show again, you're going to have to Google Locked On Oregon Ducks because apparently, and I have trouble believing this, but there are more Anaheim Duck fans out there listening to Locked On Ducks than there are Oregon Duck fans listening to Locked On Ducks. All that having been said, we got a ton of exciting stuff coming in the future, not only on today's show, but Monday is McCormick Mondays, where we're joined by friend of the podcast and host of world-renowned sports, Kevin McCormick. We're going to be diving into the Monday mailbag, and then in the last segment of Monday's show, we're going to be playing 
round one of Locked On NFL's mock draft. But I do encourage you to hop over, listen to Locked On NFL. Don't hop over right now. Hop over when this show's over and listen to Locked On NFL. Go ahead and subscribe. They got a really great draft show coming for you. But we came here to talk ducks, and that's what we're going to do today. So, on to the action. You know, first I want to talk about Peyton Pritchard. The other, the other day we talked about Sabrina Ionescu, and I, I didn't mean to sound like I was downplaying her accomplishments. After doing the 64 greatest college basketball players of all time and listing all the awards that they get, it kind of got to the point where, well, if you are one of the 64 greatest ever, then you have these accolades. So I hope it didn't sound like I was downplaying Sabrina's accolades. She is truly the greatest college basketball player of all time, and we're going to be following her career closely. Super excited about her getting drafted by the New York Liberty with the first overall pick in the WNBA draft, but we're here to talk Peyton Pritchard, who was named the Bob Cousy Award winner. Now, that means he's the best point guard in the country, and he's actually the first Oregon Duck to win the Bob Cousy Award. And he's the second only player in the Pac-12 to ever win it. He's the only Pac-12 player in history with over 1,900 points, 600 assists, and 500 rebounds. Now, according to Bob Cousy, Peyton was the ultimate point guard this season, knowing when to make the pass and when to score. He led the outstanding Pac-12 conference, yes, the outstanding, that's Bob Cousy's words, in passing and assists and always seemed to deliver when his team needed him most. Congrats to Peyton on a tremendous season and collegiate career. Now, I think Peyton Pritchard's career was a heck of a lot more than that, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Now, check this out. Sabrina Ionescu won the Nancy Lieberman Award, and we talked about that last time, but that makes Oregon as the only NCAA school ever to have men's and women's basketball's best point guards in the country in the same season. Let's hear it for our folks from Oregon. Oh, that's such good stuff, such good news. We're killing it this year. You know, there's always going to be that asterisk about uh, uh, coronavirus canceling the the, the, the the March Madness, but we can just be really proud of what we were able to accomplish nevertheless. Now, Pritchard, regarding Sabrina getting the Nancy Lieberman Award, he said, we both came in it together, and for us to finish together on top is amazing. She has had one unbelievable career at Oregon, and she's not done yet. Her greatness has just begun. And that's one thing I really like about Peyton Pritchard. He's got the class and the poise and the the confidence to not only give these great in- interviews, but bring that to the court. We're going to talk about that in a second. He actually has the most points in crunch time with 91 of any player in the NCAA this season. He also won the Lute Olsen Award, which makes him the best Division I player this year. A consensus first-team All-American, again, and named to the All-Wooden team. He's actually the fourth duck to be named to the All-Wooden team with Ballard and Aaron and Dillard Brooks. And he was a finalist for the Naismith Award, but he was not named the Naismith Award winner. Obi Topping earned that honor, and I just want to point out a couple of things uh, according to net rankings. And please go back, listen to our show on net rankings at the beginning of the NCAA rundown. It's like episode 22 or 21 or something. Uh, Dayton was 79th in strength of schedule with their toughest opponent ranking 10th, and the Ducks finished 30th with their toughest opponent ranking 1st in net rankings. So, oh, and, and, and according to RPI, 
Dayton was 35th, and Oregon was 10th. So a heck of a lot tougher schedule, and I really think that Peyton Pritchard should have been on that uh, Naismith Award winning uh, uh, spot. But Pritchard holds Oregon Ducks basketball records with 659 assists, 105 wins, 144 games played, 140 games started. He's second in school history with 211 steals and 288 three-pointers, and fourth all-time at Oregon with 1,938 points. He's clutch. He has the work ethic, the confidence, the tenacity, the toughness, the reliability, the health. And as a result of this, his his draft stock has risen significantly. Uh, ESPN's latest mock drafts have him going from the 50s into the mid-30s of their 60-pick draft. In fact, he's projected as the 36th overall selection by the 76ers. And that would be interesting. Getting closer to draft time, we're going to be talking about that depending on how COVID-19 affects the NBA draft. And we're going to be doing the same thing with the national shows in the NBA that we've been doing with the national NFL shows with Oregon Ducks football prospects. Now, regarding this, Pritchard said, at the moment, he's not actually communicating with any teams. Right now, he's training and talking with his agent. He says talking with teams will take about a month or so, and everything is up in the air. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk Oregon Ducks football for a bit. And then in the third segment, we're going to be talking about Justin Herbert and more about his draft prospects. So stay tuned. We got some Oregon Ducks football. Talk to you in a second. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, Duck fans. My name is Jordan Long, your host, and this is Locked On Ducks. We just talked about one of Oregon's greatest basketball players of all time, Peyton Pritchard, and why that is. Go back and give it a listen if you didn't already, but I'm sure you did. Now we're going to be talking Oregon Ducks football. There's been a lot of news, partially because Oregon Ducks football is one of the only things that's I mean, ostensibly or for all intents and purposes going on right now, uh, even though the spring practice was abridged. We did learn a lot from spring practice, and in the coming weeks, I hope to be bringing shows about uh, Oregon's projected offensive scheme and defensive schemes with some some insiders or at least some experts on what we can expect from them. Uh, anyway, the December signee and incoming freshman Justin Flo enrolled for online courses. So he's officially entered the roster as an incoming freshman. Now, if you remember this week, we discussed Troy Dye quite a bit, and uh, both with Locked On Giants. But I recommend that Locked On Broncos segment, uh, particularly because the host of Locked On Broncos, Cody Rourke, also gets with Jim Levitt, and they spend quite a bit of time talking about Troy Dye. Now, my interview with Patricia Traina, which you can listen to on Locked On Giants, also went really well. It was a, a great show, but the thing is, is that Cody Rourke has gone on Twitter and said he'd cut off his toes if they would draft Troy Dye, so we got a bit more of a Troy Dye-specific kind of thing going on there. But anyway, Troy Dye led the defense 
this last season to historic numbers. 15.7 points per game allowed, and that's the lowest since 1966. In fact, of the 13 opponents that Oregon played last season, 12 of them were held below their seasonal points per game average. And so the real question becomes, how do we replace Troy Dye, this leader of the defense? And as you know, there's a lot of good people coming along and coming up through the ranks. Troy Dye did not do it alone. But as a fellow winner of the team MVP, I would call him the leader of the defense. And now we're going to do the Sewells on a later show. I really want to do a show where we talk about Noah Sewell and Panay Sewell. And Noah Sewell, I mean, with Noah Sewell and Justin Flo together. Like, this really speaks to Mario Cristobal's commitment to defense. Let's just remind ourselves for a moment that Mario Cristobal is an offensive lineman and and played offensive tackle for that Miami team where, yeah, Dwayne Johnson was on that team also, but that championship Miami team. So so you kind of get these, these coaches who tend to zero in on their position or their focus. But Mario Cristobal has really shown a relentless and open-minded recruiting style in which defense is getting a really, really heavy hand, a lot of attention here. In fact, these are two, Noah Sewell and Justin Flo are two five-star recruits. And actually, four of the linebackers in this linebackers group this coming year are the highest rated linebackers. Four of them are the highest rated linebackers in program history in the same group. We talked about Noah. We talked about Justin. There's Mace Funa. And in the 2021 class, we have Keith Brown. Now, that's just the highly recruited freshmen and, of course, the, 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 this coming season sophomores. But there's still a lot of great guys to talk about. So, so today is going to be a really good opportunity to talk about the Oregon linebackers group. Now, as you know, I've been styling and I've been profiling the Oregon Ducks incoming classes, spring training group for the coming season. And we've talked about the receivers group. We've talked about the quarterbacks group. And we've talked about the offensive line a little bit. I want to get more into that. But I think this is a good point to start the linebackers group as a follow-up to Troy Dye and everything we said about him this weekend. But let's start it off with inside linebacker Justin Flo. Six foot two, 225 pounds. This man is a five-star, 24-7 composite recruit. And for those of you that aren't regular listeners or don't know this, a 24-7 composite recruit is has taken all of the, the ratings from across like ESPN and Rivals and other rating systems and com, uh, combined them into a single rating. And he's a five-star recruit, 0.9967. And that's just about as perfect as you can get. He attended Upland High School in California and is the sixth-ranked national athlete, the first-ranked inside linebacker, and the second-ranked athlete in California. And get this, 133rd, and this is a composite ranking of all ratings, 133rd all-time inside linebacker. His opening regional combine results are a 4.6840, a 4.38 shuttle, and a 34-inch vertical. This guy's a monster, got a lot of growing to do, really excited about what he can bring. I watched some of his tape. Now we have to remember that this can be kind of, I wouldn't say notoriously unreliable, but we're definitely talking about the highlights here. I didn't watch the guy in high school or anything, but just watched several compositions of his 
uh, highlight tape. And what I saw is someone who's explosive, very quick thinking, uses agility and tenacity to overwhelm blocks. He's neither the biggest nor the strongest, but what he does is he identifies precisely what needs to be done at the moment it needs to be done, looking like he's reading the minds of the guy who's blocking him and makes a move faster than light, almost to the point where it looks like, I, I would just say that his anticipation is incredible. He's making the offensive linemen look like turnstiles. It's actually going to be interesting to see you know, how his game translates against a college-level offensive line. Is this is this something that high school offensive linemen just are easy to breeze past? Because he's running up the middle like he's, you know, cutting in line at Disneyland or something. But anyway, he's exceptional at reading ball placement and position. And some words that really stuck with me here. Ferocious, tenacious, aggressive. I've heard of even called violent. But I like to say he's always set to broil, right? He's always set to high heat, whether it's practice, whether it's uh, a, a training or actual game day, playoff, doesn't matter. He's always set to 110%, and I love that. Now, his pro comparison is Reuben Foster, which, I mean, you have to be proud if you're compared to Reuben Foster, okay? Just recently got traded to the Redskins, but was an outstanding uh, linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. But what I saw on tape shows that Flo is much more aggressive at the point of contact, forcing a lot more fumbles, snatching the ball. In fact, let's just say that that Justin is snacking a whole lot more than I saw Ruben Foster do. You see, with only 84 career tackles, and now Reuben Foster has had a short, relatively short NFL career. I get that. And with an edge rusher like Nick Bosa, you can expect that those sack opportunities would be way down. But but I really think that Justin is going to have those fumbles and have those sacks on his resume once he gets to the NFL. But but I'm jumping the gun talking NFL comparison here. I'm just really excited to be talking about a five-star recruit in the inside linebacker position. Justin Flo is going to be phenomenal. He's replacing one of the, if not the best linebacker this Oregon program has ever seen. And Mario Cristobal has shown that this defense is going to go from great 15.7 points per Per game, I mean, a historic, not just great, historic, uh, almost 16 points per game allowed to even better. We're going to be talking more linebackers in the coming episodes, but next up, I want to get to some Justin, Justin Herbert talk. Draft season is right, right here. The draft is right around the corner. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we're going to come back, we're going to talk Justin Herbert. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks. My name is Jordan Long, and I'm your host. We've been talking... Oregon Ducks football linebackers with uh, Justin Flo, uh, uh, who recently enrolled and is therefore officially part of our our starting group for the coming season. But uh, I want to talk about Justin Herbert a little bit before we get on to the other linebackers next week. So Justin Herbert recently has seen his draft stock improve even more. And there seems to be a lot of talk out there about where he stands, and especially with the Locked On NFL Draft Show that's coming up. We're going to be talking a lot about that next week. In fact, the third segment in every show next week is going to be part of the Locked On NFL's Mock Draft Show. So I really encourage you to listen to that. But I want to dive down a bit into Justin Herbert's draft stock uh, ahead of this Locked On NFL Draft. So 
recently, Peter King, Lance Zerlin, and, and in fact, this week, they were saying that Bengals insiders are high on Herbert, right? Peter King said that, he, that he's actually going to take him at number one or, or trade down to number two. And Zerling said they're going to trade down to number five and take him. Now, the thing is, is that Miami's reportedly low on Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, his, his medicals may or may not be where he wants, but part of the problem with this coronavirus and this, this new way of doing things is that he's unable to meet with team doctors. And the problem with this is he doesn't have the exposure that a Justin Herbert has had. I'm not going to get into Joe Burrow. I'm not going to get in too much into my homer position of him, of Justin Herbert going at number one. But it is really important to note that Justin Herbert has had the most exposure. He was a prominent 2019 draft prospect. Before he declared that he would stay on at Oregon for another year, he was a projected top 10, if not top 5 even. And I would say some had him going first overall last year before he declared he would stay at Oregon for another year. So teams were scouting him then, and they aren't going to forget that. So not only did they, did they start scouting these other players this year, but they've been scouting Justin Herbert for a, an additional year already. Plus, they have this year's visits to Oregon. They've been watching his games, not just his tape, but scouting him at his games. And then he had the Senior Bowl. And we've talked a bit about how winning practice player of the week is actually kind of important because you can demonstrate how you can work well in an unfamiliar offense with unfamiliar players. And so to be able to recognize him for his smarts and ability to adapt on the fly is phenomenal. And then he goes on to win the Senior Bowl MVP, just improved his resume. Then he was able to attend the Combine, where he put up some phenomenal numbers. He also uh, had Oregon's Pro Day, which was essentially one of the last Pro Days before the sports apocalypse hit. And if y'all remember him standing on the, you know, the, the, the end zone line, standing on the TD line, and throwing for an incredible 62 yards from a standing throw. So he's had a chance to put himself on display in ways that Joe Burrow and especially Tua Tungavaloa have not. So there have been these questions about Justin Herbert's leadership. And I'm sitting here using air quotes, right? Leadership. And I think these concerns have been vague at best. They talk about how quiet he is, how sort of reserved he is. Now, we talked about how the Senior Bowl dispelled that, right? Senior Bowl MVP, Practice Week MVP. But even the Senior Bowl director, Jim Nagy, called it a, a false narrative. He said, after spending the week with him, that's Justin Herbert, this is a false narrative. He's got far more charisma than many NFL starters we've been around. He can connect with people. This is genuine. And Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan said, he talks with these guys. He's got his own way about him. He's a little quieter. He's not going to be a big rah-rah guy, but you don't need to be at that position. He's got a really good way with the guys he that he's around. Now, I want to take a second to talk about John Gruden's QB camp from uh, 2015. And that is Marcus Mariota. He's interviewing Marcus Mariota. They're sitting across the table. And John Gruden's sitting there tapping the table. And he says, hey, does that bother you? 
does that bother you? And Marcus Mary says, no, man, it doesn't bother me. And John Gruden says, well, it would sure piss me off. And I feel like Gruden was getting really worked up over the fact that Marcus Mariota was like, no, 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 doesn't, doesn't bother me. doesn't bother me that much. And John Gruden kept pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. But Marcus Mariota's demeanor was such that it didn't get to him. And I really think that that was like a major criticism of Marcus Mariota. He's too quiet. He lacks the leadership. He's too reserved. And so here we go again, right, with Justin Herbert. He's too quiet. He's too reserved. So he lacks the leadership. But I think Marcus Mariota put that to bed quite easily with his performance. And with Justin Herbert being very nearly the second best quarterback in Oregon Ducks history to Marcus Mariota, you can expect the same from him. In the spirit of Bill Walton, I'm going to try and tell a really quick story here, and that's about how I was a, an Army warrant officer, and and we were deemed the quiet professionals. Now, I know on this podcast I'm not so quiet, but back then it was really a matter of knowing when to speak, answering questions, and knowing your craft to the extent that you don't need to advertise it to everyone by boasting about it. And that's the the feel that I get from the Justin Herberts and the Marcus Mariotas of the world. And in fact, if I can redirect your attention to, uh, I, I think it's attributed to Mark Twain, but I, I've heard that maybe someone else said it first, but this quote is better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid than to open your mouth and prove everyone right. Joe <laughs> Burrow. <clears throat> oh gosh, excuse me there. Anyway, the point in saying all this is that it's okay to be quiet. It's okay to be reserved. And he's showing his stuff. In fact, on Sports Center's Hang Time with Sam Alipur, Justin went into the rage room. And if you haven't had a, t- a chance to see Sports Center's rage room, this is incredible. They bring the players in with bats and sledgehammers. And they have it full of like bottles and television sets and computers. And the they, they sit there and taunt them with criticisms. And then the player will break things apart with, with weapons. It's really a, a phenomenal set. In fact, uh, at one point they had this big screen TV. And not the, the big screen TVs that you kids are used to. But those big tube TVs that we had is, uh, when we were kids. And, and well... When I was a kid, it weren't that big, but you, you get the picture. Anyway, they said, what's the worst game of your career? And and Justin Herbert wrote 70-21 loss to Washington, which was actually his first college game. And he, he, he drove the sledgehammer so far into that television that they couldn't get it pulled out again. It was really, really crazy to watch. And... And they actually talked about one of the most underrated parts of his game. They said, what's the most underrated part of your game? And uh, Justin said, it's my athletic ability. So he said, hey, you mean you're like a dual threat quarterback? And he said, actually, I like to think of myself as a throw first who's able to run. And and I really like that. In fact, they asked him for his self-comparison. And he talked about uh, especially Matt Ryan for the mechanics and really whose tape he's been watching at Oregon in order to develop his mechanics. Now, personally, my pro comparison with him is Carson Wentz. And I've heard him sometimes compared to Blaine Gabbert, but uh, I think Herbert has a much, much higher ceiling. And we've talked about why that is with him not coming on to football until he was a junior in high school 
and really still has a lot of development molding and opportunities for training that perhaps Blaine Gabbert didn't have. And I also think Justin Herbert has a higher floor. Really, Justin Herbert's NFL success is going to depend on the system he goes into. Blaine Gabbert was limited because he went into a crappy Jacksonville offense. Uh, right now with Herbert, we're looking at the Chargers, the Dolphins, uh, and a bunch of others that we've talked about on this show. And I think those teams are enough to keep them upright and healthy. And we can expect great things in the future from Justin Herbert. It's not boom or bust. It's a day one starter. It's elite talent. And I really hope we get a chance to talk about how phenomenal this quarterback is going forward. So make sure you stay tuned for the Locked On NFL draft show that's going to start on Monday. We're going to play some parts of that here on this show, but we do a little vignette of Justin Herbert. Really excited about that. We're going to be comparing him to other quarterbacks on this show. And next week is going to be a draft focus week. I'm going to be trying to get in some of that linebacker talk. Remember, Monday's a, a McCormick Monday where we're joined by the producer of World Renowned Sports on YouTube to discuss our, our Monday mailbag. Uh, just so much great stuff to talk about. We're really trying to enjoy ourselves as best we can during the sports apocalypse, during COVID-19, during lockdown. As I like to say, get locked on while you're locked down. Anyway, this has been Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Jordan Long. You can find me on Twitter at the Dustoff Guy, and you can always find the show on Twitter at Locked On Ducks. If Twitter isn't your thing, look for the Facebook page, Locked On Ducks. You can always contact and follow there. Updates go to every every one of those places. And I would love your input, especially for our Mailbag Mondays. Let's have it. Let's get some stuff coming in this weekend, some good stuff to talk about on Monday. Just hit me up on Twitter with the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtags AskLodPod. And we'll talk about it. Comments, questions, concerns, whole nine yards. I love it. I like to think of this as the people's podcast. We got a lot to talk about and a lot to do. Please click subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to and leave a five out of five stars review. If you don't think I deserve five stars, leave five anyway, please uh, go ahead and, and, and leave a review about why you didn't want to leave five stars. Leave five anyway, please. But leave a review and I'll fix it for you because that's that's my intent. Anyway, I've gone on too long here. Uh, this is Jordan, host of Locked on Ducks. Have a great day and go Ducks! Ducks!